everyone and welcome to the Empowered Eating Podcast. My name is Lauren Boleen, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach, here to teach you all about intuitive eating and healing your relationship with food and body. Today we are diving into emotional eating. We're going to talk about how intuitive eaters view emotional eating, the actual tool that it is, and what it looks like to work on your relationship with emotional eating and the Empowered Eating Program. I can't wait to talk about this because honestly, there's such a huge stigma against emotional eating, especially among us chronic dieters. You're in just like such a trained habit of feeling shame for eating emotionally. And I can't wait to help you understand how as a dietitian, I help women reframe their relationship with emotional eating. So in intuitive eating, principle seven, the one we're talking about today, is all about how to cope with your emotions with kindness. I'll read straight from the intuitive eating workbook as I have in the other episodes of this series. If you haven't seen those, this is the seventh episode of my intuitive eating series. So make sure to check those out if you're interested. In each episode, I'm talking through what the principle is, what you're learning, and how I teach it in the Empowered Eating Program. So if you are interested in potentially working through your intuitive eating journey with me and with the other women in the Empowered Eating Program, hopefully this series and these episodes will give you a little bit more insight into why it's so worth it to get the help working through this if you're struggling to do it on your own, and what exactly we will do to make sure that intuitive eating works for you. So back to principle seven, here this is from the Intuitive Eating Workbook. Find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues without using food. Oh, as I read this, um, the version of the workbook that I have is before they released the fourth edition of Intuitive Eating. So before we even dive into it, um, my version says principle seven, cope with your feelings without using food. They've actually updated the name of this principle to cope with, what is it? Cope with your emotions with kindness. Um, The reason they did that is because we don't have to avoid food. And I'm going to talk about this more later. But just so you know, some of the things I read out of here might be an older version. (laughs) Okay, so, and resolve your issues without using food. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger are emotions we all experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you into a food hangover. But food won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. You'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. So like I said... Some of this is framed slightly differently than how I think they frame it now, now that they have gone through that change of the name of this principle. As I said before, now it is cope with your emotions with kindness, which I really love. And I think that most of what they teach in the workbook and in the intuitive eating book really is more focused on how do we think about everything that you need when you're finding yourself constantly emotionally eating. So... Throughout the intuitive eating workbook, the authors really aim to help you understand what really happens when you experience emotions and why food may have become a comfortable coping mechanism for you. 
They're also going to teach you about letting yourself actually sit in those emotions. This is something I talk about in my program all the time throughout the entire thing, because I think really a big part of what we're learning here is how to deal with experiencing human emotion. <laughs> so they're teaching you about sitting in the emotions, how to feel what different emotions feel like in your body, physically and mentally for you, and why emotional eating and the ability to actually recognize the emotion can be important tools for recognizing and healing true emotional eating. <clears throat> One thing I really love about the way the workbook frames emotional eating is this idea that it's really just a signal from your body that there's a deeper emotion or need that most likely needs to be dealt with. They also discuss that if you struggle with emotional eating, it's often important to check in with other self-care behaviors, not just those involving food and eating. I think it's so nice to see it framed this way because so many times if you are experiencing emotional eating and you're going out and looking for information about it, especially if you are finding a weight focused or heavy on diet culture mindset source, you're going to see emotional eating being framed as an issue of, again, willpower to make good nutrition choices. Decide to control yourself enough to choose a different distraction from your desire to eat emotionally. And ultimately, what I think this leads to is you're ultimately, you know, distracting yourself from the actual emotion that needs to be acknowledged and felt when you're feeling that trigger to eat emotionally. These sources will tell you things like avoid whatever the hunger is that you're feeling. Find that distraction because if you risk overeating and maybe gaining weight, that's way worse than just comforting yourself in a way that's helpful to you, right? Basically, they want you to continue to disconnect from the signal that your body is sending you when you have that urge to eat emotionally. In the Intuitive Eating Workbook and throughout the books, I love that the guidance is more to help you recognize all of the different things that could be impacting your emotional eating. Uh, they talk a lot about getting to the root of where the urge is actually coming from and really building awareness in your own body of what your emotions feel like so that you can, over time, get a better understanding of yourself and what you need, particularly in those high emotions, stressful or busy times, in order to avoid having to turn to food um, emotionally, to numb out, to avoid. And that, I think, there's a, there is a place for emotional eating, and it's okay to recognize if there are times or ways that you're eating emotionally that aren't serving you. So that's, I think, you know, the original reason that they called this principle cope with your emotions without using food was not to demonize emotional eating, but rather to say, yes, food can be a coping mechanism, but it's only one. And what are the ways that we can learn to help work through, sit through, cope with emotion without always turning to emotional eating? I think this principle is just such a great and extremely important addition to the 10 principles because it really is a huge lesson in turning inward. That's what I love about this chapter so much is that it's really teaching you to recognize what is actually going on in your body instead of just feeling ashamed, emotionally eating and then feeling ashamed for it. Also, excuse my cat for sneezing if you heard that. <laughs> um, but rather to actually view emotional eating as a signal from your body that there are other things going on that have to be addressed. 
and that's something for chronic dieters, for women, um, I know that it's typically so difficult for us to pause and ask what we need over what we're supposed to do or what maybe family needs, what friends need, what work needs, what literally anyone else but you needs, right? So I'm not surprised that so many people struggle with emotional eating in this world. We are all restricting our food and we are all sacrificing our own self-care. So I really like that this principle is super focused on what does it feel like to be in your body? The reminder of how important that is, because that's really the core part of the core, you know, work of becoming an intuitive eater is being able to turn inward and ask your body what you need. And this whole process is really a practice in that work of turning inward, right? Because you go through the principles, the ones that I've done in the episodes before this, those are really a lot of practice also in improving your ability to sense what's physically going on in your body, meeting some of those basic self-care needs like food, water, sleep, starting to recognize what it actually feels like to be in the body that you're in. And then I, I think it's cool to have this chapter at this point to start to practice, okay, what do emotions feel like in my body? Like, what does it feel like to be mentally present not only in my body physically, but with my emotions, because that's the key to it all, to health. I mean, (laughs) and of course, this is just my opinion, um, but I think really the most powerful thing that I've personally ever done for my health was realize that the answers were inside of me for the most part. And of course, recognizing when you need to get help from a professional is a very important part of that self-awareness. So that's, I'm a big fan of this emotional eating chapter. I think they really frame it in such an effective way. And if emotional eating is something that you struggle with, I definitely recommend checking out this workbook. Um, It's the one I use with my clients, but of course you can just find it anywhere and work through it yourself. Um, So that's sort of a little bit about how they teach emotional eating. I want to touch on just a couple things that I really focus on a little bit heavier than they do in the books, um, in my coaching program. And when I'm working with women directly, when we're really addressing emotional eating. So the number one most important thing for me that I bring up in almost every conversation that I have with clients about emotional eating is, are you actually eating enough? Because I fully believe that we do not understand that the reason that we turn to food emotionally so like habitually, so automatically without taking the time to slow down and ask what we really need is because we're dieters, is because you are most likely not eating enough food. So when you are feeling stressed out, emotional, when you need that outlet, of course you're going to turn to food because your body is just, you know, I talk about restriction and binging all the time and why it happens. So add, you know, you've been restricting or you've been missing meals, whether it was intentional or on purpose, then something really stressful happens in your life. What do you think? I mean, of course, that's going to trigger not only the emotional eating, but potentially even a binge. So in my program, 
when you get to the info on principle seven and working through the course curriculum, what you're going to see is me really trying to emphasize and connect the dots between your literal food behaviors, your habits that at this point we've been working on developing together, right? Um, by the time you get to principle seven, when you work through the empowered eating program, we've already spent a lot of time with reflection and starting to build self-awareness. We've started changing the behaviors. We've started learning how to figure out what you actually want, right? We've worked through unconditional permission to eat. We've worked through so much. And yet still, I know that when my clients come talk to me and are struggling with emotional eating, most of the time it does come back to, you're right, because I've been really stressed out, because I've been really emotional, really busy, whatever it is, because I'm going through this huge change in my life, I haven't been eating consistently enough. So my course curriculum definitely in the Empowered Eating Program is going to be helping you understand that emotional eating does not exist outside of your restriction and binging habits. Um, so that's the first big thing that I really spend a lot of time emphasizing in my program. Um, of course, they do mention nourishment a little bit in this chapter as they talk about different self-care needs that may need to be addressed. I just think as a chronic dieter, as someone who, you know, going into working through the program with me, you already think you eat too much and you're not eating enough. I am basically with every principle reminding you the biggest thing that we need to change is eating enough. And then that will lead to the domino effect. I mean, I, I do see that happening. I do see that. And then the next point is something that I think is a really important part of learning how to cope with your emotions with kindness, learning how to basically find other outlets for your emotions other than eating emotionally. Um, and as I was looking back through the workbook, I didn't necessarily see a lot of emphasis on this. And this is like a huge part of the way that I personally teach emotional eating, because I think it's just like anything else we do here with intuitive eating and healing your relationship with food, um, healing your relationship with yourself. I really try to teach a heavy focus on actually just giving yourself permission to eat emotionally. So some of what I want to teach you when you're in the empowered eating program is again, this mindset piece of why something is physiologically happening because we have, like I said at the top, this stigma about eating emotionally. I think that guilt is super intertwined in that experience right now. I think that that can lead to some of that mental restriction. It can contribute to whatever food rules you have or whatever eating habits you have that are already telling your body that food isn't available. Um, this is when you're emotionally eating, it's probably another time that you are eating and actively telling yourself, I shouldn't be doing this. So when you work with me in order to understand your emotional eating and actually learn about it, we're going to work on just having permission to do it. So even principle seven is still early in my program and in the process of what my clients go through. Um, it's so important to actually really give yourself permission to eat emotionally. It's very similar to unconditional permission to eat, where in order to figure out what foods serve you and don't serve you, you have to actually eat them, right? 
So in order to learn when emotional eating serves you and when it doesn't serve you, you have to actually allow yourself to do it. That means maybe it will happen more at the beginning, especially because, like I said, principle seven is still early in the transformation that I hope to see for my clients. Um, Learning about it for the first time is so early in your intuitive eating journey. So you most likely are still restricting in some ways. Maybe there are still times in your life where those old diet habits are going to come up. So understanding that is also going to help you understand what's happening when you emotionally eat and binge and why it feels bad. And it's going to be part of that information that you can gather to decide when does it serve me? When does it not? When is it a result of restriction? When is it not? Um, And I think that's a really important way to look at emotional eating instead of just trying to fix it. You know, what I don't want for people to get from anything we talk about with emotional eating is that the point is not to never eat emotionally again. It's really important that you understand um, food is emotional. Food is connection with our community. Food is connection with our culture. Um, Food can be used to celebrate. It's joyful. It brings people together. Food can be comforting in times of stress, in times of heavy emotion. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. But when you are a chronic dieter, it 100% makes sense that you may be eating emotionally in a way that doesn't feel good to you. One of the ways I kind of highlight this difference between helpful emotional eating and maybe emotional eating that isn't serving you in my program is talking about the difference between emotional eating and what maybe you're actually experiencing, which is disconnected eating, meaning we're trying to avoid. We're trying to get away from feeling in our body. We're trying to distract. Um, And so I think that's a really helpful tool for my clients to understand is that Maybe the emotional eating your experience that doesn't feel good is actually just because you're still disconnected from what your body really needs. So those are kind of the two things that I wanted to highlight as far as what my clients learn and experience when they work through um, the intuitive eating principles with me and the empowered eating program and community. Um, I think, again, just getting that getting that support to explore it without guilt getting the help to reframe when you do have those guilty or negative thoughts coming up, being a part of a community of people who most likely have had a very similar experience to you and can speak to either going through it themselves or maybe they used to struggle with it and they don't anymore because of the work that we've done together in this program. So it's really encouraging as a new person in the program to get to say, oh, No, like now it was hard for me to imagine what life would be like without emotional eating, but now I can literally see this person who's been in my shoes, who is telling me this is how it works. And this is what happened for them when they kept trusting this process. Um, So that's that's my rundown of emotional eating for you guys. I think it's... uh, I I literally think I've said this every time, (laughs) one of the most important principles. Um, But it is is really cool to see emotional eating framed in this way where it's not necessarily a negative thing, but we can ask questions about it. We can ask questions about how it's serving you, if it's serving you, and maybe even even make a plan for the next time that you start to feel triggered into emotional eating for having multiple options for yourself to choose from. 
one of which ultimately can still be eating emotionally. So I hope this helps you get a little bit of insight into how we think about emotional eating as intuitive eaters, what it looks like to work through emotional eating in the Empowered Eating Program with me, and hopefully it gives you a little bit more permission next time to let yourself eat emotionally and trust that that's just what your body needs in this moment. It's a really cool feeling to be able to trust your body when it tells you things like that. So I do hope you get to experience that. I am really aiming to get this podcast series done. (laughs) If you regularly listen to the podcast, you've maybe noticed that I've been a little bit in a procrastination mode lately. Um, But I am hoping I am going to get these next four episodes out and then we will get back to just kind of whatever topic comes up. So if you are a regular listener to the podcast, if you have something that you've been working on, if you have questions, um, I'd love to have you email me. If you've enjoyed this series, I would love to know that. That would be super helpful. Um, But I'd really just love to hear any feedback you might have or any suggestions you might have for future topic ideas that would be helpful to you on your intuitive eating and body acceptance journey. So if you do have any thoughts or questions to share, um, send me an email. I'd just love to chat with you. You can email me at bolinenutrition at gmail.com. You can, of course, contact me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at dietitian, period, Lauren Bolin. Um, You can check out my website for more information about the Empowered Eating Program. Um, Some of my client experiences are on there. I've got a couple podcast episodes talking about that. If you are curious to learn more about the Empowered Eating Program, you can always reach out and schedule a free 45-minute discovery call. On those calls, we can kind of figure out what you need and what level of support you might need. Um, I do have the Empowered Eating Program that is um, top to bottom intensive guidance through intuitive eating and your intuitive eating journey where you're being supported to figure out the best way to move through it for yourself with the help of a nutrition professional and a community of women who've been in your shoes. Um, I actually also have a new offering because I'm trying to create more accessible ways to work with me. So um, you can also schedule a discovery call to talk about my $100 one-on-one hour-long sessions that I'm offering now, Um, or you can send me a DM to ask about those, and we can get you signed up for one of those. Um, Those are going to be really great for you if you really have done a lot of the mental work, a lot of the psychological work. Maybe you've worked with a therapist before. Maybe you've worked with a therapist specifically on binge eating or um, body image, and you just want some nutrition guidance that's weight neutral. So if you're interested in a one-off session with me, that's also something that's available um, for, again, $100 for one hour. The great thing about those sessions too is that if we get into that session, and you realize maybe there is some more intensive support that you need, anything you pay into those one-on-one sessions can go towards enrolling in the Empowered Eating Program, which is gonna add just an extra, much bigger level of support for you from me, from the community. You're gonna get the curriculum, you're gonna get the intuitive eating workbook, and we're gonna really slow down and work on beginning the process of healing your relationship with food 
your relationship with your body. We're going to help you be able to stop binge eating from all the education about what's going on in your body and what the intuitive eating process really looks like, especially for people in larger bodies who may not be healing into a body that's widely culturally accepted still because we live in such a fat phobic world. So definitely two different levels of support there, but I'd love to talk to you about either of those. And um, yeah, I will be back soon with principle eight. In principle eight, we're gonna be talking about body image. So I will see you on the next episode.